Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 114 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. This is Eric Walkwith speaking, and with me as always is my good, my best, my greatest buddy. Me, Jesse the Terrible Treble Wilson. Jesse, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, had a good day at work, so that's a plus. Yeah, work is work. Work is working. <laughs> Um, I am getting, starting to get wedding presents, which that is kind of a little early. No, I think because like, it's a bridal shower thing. People send you wedding mm. presents. But the problem is I have a tiny apartment and there's no way we can fit all this shit in here. Yeah. Stuff, man. Stuff, man. Just if you think you're getting a lot of stuff now, wait till you have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you get so much stuff for a baby. Like the baby doesn't even care about stuff. I know. And the sad thing it is does. like it's going to out it's going to outgrow like at least the stuff I'm getting like we're going to have this shit till we're like dead. <laughs> like this is our stuff until we die. Yeah. But the baby is going to grow out of that. Yeah, well, you know where all that clothes and stuff is going to go? GW? No, probably to you and the Levi oh. and the Jordy disseminated. It's going to it's, whoever has the first girl is going to get a lot of stuff from oh, me. <laughs> See, I wanted to get your uh I wanted to get your future daughter a Spider-Man beanie. Uh-huh. Cuz I'm not well, I'm not pushing gender stereotypes on her. But the only Spider-Man beanies that were in the newborn section at Target were like the size of Lydia's head. <laughs> the only newborn that that would fit was me. Are you sure it wasn't a onesie? <laughs> It was a diaper that just goes over the legs. <laughs> it's a diaper and that um, yep. it's reversible and it becomes a beanie. It's, oh God. <laughs> it's a beanbag diaper. Yeah. It just catches it all. It's a catch-all. <laughs> and it's a chair. <laughs> oh, this is the worst product ever. Try learning to walk in this, sucker. Yeah, learn how to hop. Go straight from crawling to hopping. <laughs> now, are you going to do anything like any psychological experiments on this child? Well, actually, we're talking about this today at work. One of my coworkers, he has a 18-year-old daughter. Well, 17-year-old daughter yep. just about to turn 18. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's he's always talking about, you know, what I can expect and stuff like that. Uh -huh. I guess his daughter, like, she got in a car wreck because she was, like, driving drunk or whatever, you know, like, typical Peninsula shenanigans. Right. And I was thinking, well, to prevent my future daughter from driving drunk, going to parties and getting drunk and then driving home, you know, and wrecking the car, yep. my plan was to just socially cripple her. <laughs> oh, God. To the point where she will be invited to no parties like her father. <laughs> and just play D&D &D with Mormons and drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> She needs to know the pain. And then when she gets to college, then she'll go buck wild. Oh god. I, I think that that's the I think that is the the ideal child is the one that is super not super good kid in high school. You don't have to really worry about them. They might have a Mountain Dew overdose, but that's the worst. And then just let them run, run free in college for 2 years. <laughs> For two years, and then get kicked out. Then get kicked out, and then go somewhere else, and then, then join graduate. the military, and then join the military, and then it's all good. So yeah, <laughs> ideal humans. I do want to teach her Russian, though. That's that's the social experiment that I will perform. Yeah, that ought to work. She won't get invited to any parties then. <laughs> yeah, she will get invited to communist party. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so what are you drinking this this week here, Jesse? Um, nothing special. I'm just drinking beer from work. It's free. It's good, and I'm enjoying it. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Double Take Pale Ale. Have you had any yeah. of the Double Take stuff? I have. Their India Pale Ale is fantastic. It's crazy, and it's so cheap. Yeah, it's actually pretty well priced. It's interesting because they're a New York brewery, so it's come up, traveled a long way as well. Yeah, I've had the IPA, and then I just got the pillow. Pillow's delicious, and like it's like six, it's like six bucks a six pack. They're like nice. They're, it's like the price of of Henry Weinhardt's. Really, I've seen yeah. them for like eight. I don't think I've seen them for six. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta hit up the Safeway that is a decadent city within a city in Greenwood. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I will. I'll have to look out for that. I haven't had their pale ale. Pale ale is one of my favorite styles. I think I prefer it to the India pale ale. Well, the th- yeah, it's just the pale is a nice, happy medium between the lager and the IPA. You know, right? Just having the, a nice. Their IPA beer. is so good, though. It's it not. Is. It's not super bitter. It actually gets some really, really nice hop uh, flavors without a ton of bitterness. Yeah. So I love it. Get the double take. It says it's a head snapper, and it is. It's a head snapper, and there's a pretty lady on the box. There is a pretty lady. This is very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, what? Uh, who? Who's this episode dedicated to, Jesse? Well, uh, you might you might not agree with this, uh huh. But I'm dedicating it to friend of the show and family member of mine, uh huh, Russell Wilson. Oh my lord. He's got a make it or break it game possibly coming up this week. Ugh. And I just hope he co- I hope he- I want to see what he brings to the show. I-, I I hope he has a good game this weekend. Is all I'm saying. Flynn for the win. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If you want an old man with a hurt shoulder, he doesn't have a hurt shoulder. This is he like does too. Pete Carroll two weeks ago said that he was fine and that he could play, and then last week he mysteriously has a hurt shoulder that's that's ailed him all season. It's well, bullshit. No, he had the hurt shoulder in the preseason. Yeah, he's reaching. He's reaching. And then he came back and like flip-flopped again and was like, well, he hasn't he hasn't played a full game, so we don't know if he can or not. It, it, was, <laughs> it was all BS. Is that your Pete Carroll impersonation? No. My, yeah. In order to do a, a, a good Pete Carroll impersonation, you need to drink at least five. <laughs> Five hour energies. Yeah, it's true. It's you need at least up. you need at least twenty five hours of energy in you, <laughs> and you need an entire packet of big league chew. And yeah, you exactly. Yeah. And you need to steal Jay Leno's chin. We're what, playing the uh, the Carolina Panthers this weekend, I believe. Yeah, in Carolina, he did uh, he did play uh, on the road last last week, and also sucked. That's true. Well, <sighs> Russell, the terrible treble Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Um, needs a clipboard. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to uh, some listener feedback before we uh, roll into the show. We got some good stuff. First of all, on our Twitter page at Personal Podcast, please follow us there. Uh, we had uh, our good friend T. Patroy, Troy Richard Mock. Uh, last week we dedicated the show to a bunch of uh, twenty uh, September 27th birthdays, but we left out our listener Troy. Oof. Troy's also Rookie born mistake. on September 27th, and he puts posts some awesome pictures on his Twitter page. So please check that out. Uh, <laughs> and then he also said that he agrees with me and that Autumn is blah. I'm loving it, man. Yeah, of course. Everybody's loving it. It's 70 degrees right now. Because <laughs> it's summer. It's summer weather. Yeah, it is. It's, it's been pretty nice. But, I mean, the brisk breeze rolling in, I like. Mm. That rolling off the Puget Sound. and. Mm. Ah, the Great Pacific Ocean. It's good. Um, and uh, I also last week we had um, Ulysses S. Grant's ghost on the show uh, via uh, via phone call, and uh, that spurred Tim from Ohio to give us a call. So I want to play his voicemail because he gave us a call, left us a voicemail at three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Here's Tim. Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Tim from Ohio. Um, I wanted to call and uh, share the story with you that I read online the other day. Um, I know that you guys are into alcohol and all that. I read this story about this lady who uh, whose husband came on missing. I guess they lived down in uh, the Cayman Islands, and uh, he had a boat. And he would go and he'd get rum from different islands by the barrel, and um, he came up missing, and she ended up collecting his life insurance policy. Uh, but then I guess she ended up dying like 15 years later, and uh, her kids came and sold off her estate, and uh, they sold off some of the rum barrels that were in the back of this, uh, this boat. And I guess the guy that bought them was, uh, you know, when, when you finish drinking the barrel, you just break the barrel up and, uh, you know, burn the wood. So I guess the very last barrel, he cracked it open, and there was the lady's husband pickled in the barrel. So he drank all the alcohol. And he said it was good tasting alcohol. I uh, just wondering what your guys' uh, view would be on that. All right, well, love the podcast. Later. Uh, our take on that is, well, I don't know what your take is on that. But uh, first of all, our take is that, yes, we we are into alcohol and stuff. <laughs> uh, and I, th- I thank you for relating to us on that level because 
this does speak to us. Uh, but I, I just know that <laughs> I'm trying to not make a cannibalism joke here, but I just the, the idea of a man pickled in rum is like the weirdest thing in the world to me. I want to know how he got in there. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. How would he have gotten in there? Yeah. Like, did she knock him out and then pull, push him in there? Or... Well, you can't even really get the... It's not like there's a lid on a barrel. Is that, well, yeah, it'd have to be made. Dude, this was not the wife. I think that the easy thing here is to say that the wife is the one who did it, right? Because she collected life insurance policy. But this is the Cayman Islands, okay? This is and he this guy's a rum runner on a boat in the Cayman Islands. I bet mean, he came on he like uh he tried some shady deal that went bad and they barreled him and put his, the barrel on the boat. Knowing yeah. that the wife would take the fall if anybody found out. Yeah, that's obviously what happened, but uh sounds like it had a happy ending. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna die dying in a barrel of rum. Yeah. That's how he died doing what he loved. What if drowning? What if? Oh God! (laughs) What if they put him in there alive? Oh geez. Well, okay. So at work at the brewery, we have these big conical fermenters, right? Uh And uh, they're big stainless steel structures, and they come in a cone shape down at the bottom. And there's a manway about eight feet up that, uh, if you wanted to, you could climb in there. Uh-huh. I was cl- and I was cleaning one of these the other day, and to clean them, like, you hook up a hose to a rack, a CIP arm that goes all the way up to the top, which is, like, 25 feet up, and then there's a spray uh, ball, so the water, like, sprays out in all directions from there. Uh-huh. I was thinking if I was, like, some sort of mobster, it'd be a really great way to, like, torture a guy <laughs> to, like, put him in, in the manway, <laughs> shut it, you'd be stuck in there, and then... uh Get the soup like hundred eighty degree hot water and start ah! spraying him, ah! and it would like steam up, and you'd like partially asphyxiate. But then you could like crack the manway and then like shove him back in there. Dude, you'd have to time him right. You'd have to time that right because his skin would boil off. Yeah, well, you'd yeah, just burn really bad. And if you wanted to up <laughs> the ante, you could add some like liquid Excel, which is like caustic cleaner. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesse, what do you. you think about? Well, you know. Your it's a time-consuming process. It takes several hours to clean one of these things, and the mind wanders. I want to thank you for now uh, having the FBI uh, listen in on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Tim. We really do appreciate you calling in. And if you're listening and you want to get your voice on the cast, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. No emails this week, Jesse, but people can also email us their thoughts at personalarrogance at gmail.com. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our little tiny mat roll-off where each of us are going to roll a 20-sided die, see who gets to talk first. Are you ready, Jesse? Yeah, Eric, I just rolled a 16. Oh. Hey, baby. Uh-oh. Hey. I critically failed last week. This week, natural 20, baby. King of the cast. King of the cast. Law of averages. This is crazy. So we've had a king of the cast the last three episodes, I think. Wow. What are the chances of that? Um, let's see. One in twenty, but it's two. All right, in stop, th- stop it, stop it. <laughs> Maybe right. one in a thousand, I think. Are you sure? I let's, think so. Let's get our math friends on this. If you know the answer, please email us at personalarrogance at gmail dot com. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the first topic. Uh, this has got a little bit of movies and a little bit of video games mixed together. It's a br- it's a blend. Um, video so, movies. Video. I mo- love them. <laughs> that used to be a thing. <laughs> uh, so Simon Pegg uh, this week, um, somebody floated to him the idea that so everybody knows the game Left for Dead, right? We've we've mm-hmm. we've played Left 4 Dead. I, we played it at PAX one year, and I, I was screaming the entire time. It was terrifying. Uh, but uh, actor Simon Pegg, who you and I both love from uh, such movies as Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, uh, and a bunch of uh, gamers are looking to dump the Shaun of the Dead film experience into Valve's Left 4 Dead as a custom campaign to slog through. 
basically uh, this would be called Left for Winchester, but basically turning um, turning uh, Shaun of the Dead into a Left for Dead mod. And uh, uh, Simon Pegg thinks that this idea is absolutely awesome. And he acknowledges the rights to Shaun of the Dead as belonging to Universal, but offers hope saying, we'll do what we can. Possibly referring to himself and Nick Frost, probably also his friend uh, Edgar Wright, who wrote and directed the movie. And uh, they're going to try and encourage uh, uh, some kind of Shaun of the Dead video game based on Left 4 Dead, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. You'd think that they would have made mods of like all the zombie movies. Well, it's funny that you should mention that because uh, this goes along with uh, something that came out last week um, in which uh, Drew Goddard, uh, who uh, I believe he wrote Cabin in the Woods with Joss Whedon, um, he, did a, he did an AMA on Reddit and uh, somebody asked him about a potential uh, video game and he said this game was going to be amazing. We were going to be able to play in both the upstairs Cabin in the Woods and downstairs facility with all the monsters. Believe me, I hate all video games based on movies. They always suck. But porting Cabin to Left 4 Dead felt like the right fit. It pains me it didn't happen. This was actually going to happen with Cabin in the Woods, but the movie got so delayed that they didn't actually do it. So apparently well, movies are modding <laughs> this idea to just mod their movies to Left 4 Dead and uh, and have that be a video game. Yeah, that works. I think... Uh, so there's a couple of things with this, Jesse. Um, the first thing is, what movies would you like to see modded to Left 4 Dead? Now, God, obviously, yes, because I was just about to tell you. Okie doke. Uh, how about the Super Mario Brothers movie? It's <laughs> <laughs> a video game movie modded to a different video game. I like it. I love the meta. <laughs> it's a little meta. I did see they did. Uh, somebody made a Skyrim um, Super Mario Brothers mod. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Any others? Super Troopers. Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot of dialogue. A lot of dialogue. <laughs> a lot of cutscenes. I feel like it could be like a mini games. Yeah. Game. Yeah. I mean, this is so, and obviously, you know, Left 4 Dead, this is like the perfect, although there is a Left 4 Dead video game. I mean, not Left 4 Dead, Walking Dead. There is a Walking Dead video game. They're at PAX this year. Right. Um. I mean, twenty eight days later would be cool. Dawn of the Dead basically is Left for Dead. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of cool things, but that was my other question that I wanted to ask you. Can you think of any other video games that would be perfect to mod a certain movie to? Oh so, wow! Like if you had like a Saving Private Ryan mod for like the original Call of Duty. Well, that would work. Yeah. I guess it maybe was like that. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Did you ever see that movie? No. It was it was like a Crusades movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can make a pretty good like Skyrim mod uh, for Kingdom of Heaven and like set it there. I guess, I guess I guess Kingdom of Heaven is kind of Assassin's Creed one. That's actually you know like halfway through I started talking about this I realized it's just Assassin's Creed. <laughs> So there's that. So is this the chicken and the egg thing? Do we figure out? Maybe these games are just mods of movies. I'm stuck in my own, like, time warp of... I don't know. This oh, is... no, it'd be perfect, though? What? what? Well, I mean, there already is a Blood Bowl game, but if there was a Blood Bowl mod for Madden... Oh, my Lord Jesus. How fun would that be? Oh, my God. I love that idea. <laughs> See, that was the thing when when the original Blood Bowl, when the Blood Bowl video game came out and the previews and stuff. I thought that it was that. I mm. thought that it was like not like Madden, but I don't know if you ever played NFL Street. It was like yeah. four on four teams, mm -hmm. um, and I thought it would be might be something like that, but you'd play with like Skaven and stuff, which would be awesome. Mm. And they could have like a draft, and you could like draft your team. <laughs> But if you draft the wrong teammates, like if you put an orc and an elf together, then one of them will uh, kill yeah. the other one. Oh, I love this idea so much. I would like that. I would like the full team, though, not just four players. Yeah, do a full team. Do a full Madden mod. That would be pretty sick. Oh, my God. Like your orc is just like a lousy passer. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like... basically like all of these chess 
you know, all these chess sets and Monopoly games that have like weird themes, you know, like Simpsons chess and stuff. Uh-huh. But you could just put it in any context in Madden. So you could have like Halo Madden. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. With like You could you could do a lot of Madden mods. Yeah, like Covenant versus uh, you know, Spartans, hum- Spartans yep. Yeah. And then you could have like a flood team. My running back is the Warthog. <laughs> yeah, you like get on a mongoose when you're the running back. <laughs> that's a wide receiver. <laughs> no, the wide receivers are banshees. Oh, I love this so much. You could tackle people by shooting them. I think you're uh I think uh Banshee's more of a or a yeah, it's more of a <laughs> tight end and a wide out. Yeah. I don't I I really don't know like I know that the Left 4 Dead like the way the Valve does things is that they kind of keep it open and you know, they're a great video game company who really allow uh input from fans to to dictate what they do, which is really cool. And they give their fans a lot of uh, opportunity and things like, you know, the, the move, the movie maker that they put out and all that stuff. Um, and I think that you could definitely do this if you could just port and like, this could save video game movies or, you know, <laughs> video games based off of movies. If people were like, Oh, you need a, you need a video game for the new Skyfall movie. Just, just take uh just take, you know, call of duty or take, uh, you know, Splinter Cell, and, and yeah, do that. I agree. Splinter Cell would work, or like Counter Strike. Yeah, and you think that the you think that the video game companies could actually make a lot of money off of this too. <laughs> uh, you know, I you know how much I love Thor, right? Like, I got drunk. I got I got I got I got a little plastered this weekend. I drank like three pitchers. And I got home and I was like, all I want to do is watch Thor. And then <laughs> I took a picture works. of it and posted it on Reddit. And it got a lot of down votes. And uh, <laughs> going on Reddit drunk is such a bad idea. I know. I just love all of my. Whenever I post anything on Reddit drunk, it auto- it's like negative eight automatically. Yeah, it's like as soon as it's submitted. Like, what? <laughs> but uh, but like Thor would be like the perfect like if you had like a Darksiders mod that was Thor, and you play as like Thor when he's like younger and more brash, and he just goes around. Like totally destroying shit. That mm-hmm. would be awesome. The problem with this though is that the movie company wants to hit a broad audience. Uh-huh. And if you are just making if you're making Thor two and you make a Darksiders mod, you're the only audience you're hitting is people who already own Darksiders. Not really, though. I mean, you you just pit, take a successful game that's fun, but like maybe somebody doesn't want to play Darksiders because they're apocalyptic people and they don't like to mess with that shit. So, but then they'll play Thor because it's a good engine, it's a good system or something. Oh. Oh, and then release like that the mod as like a standalone? Yeah. Oh, I guess that would work. Like just reskin shit and <laughs> sell it. I think that the video game companies can make a lot of money off of this. Yeah, probably. Uh, I can already hear the gamers crying, though. Like, this is just Darksiders, but with different skin. You want me to spend $60 more on it? Well, they don't have to buy it. This, I mean, they're not really uh, targeting hardcore gamers with these movie games. They're targeting the people <laughs> who peruse the $20 section of Best Buy. Harold and Kumar on Wii <laughs> was great. <laughs> that was a gamer's yeah. game. Harold and, Harold and Kumar Mar- Mario Party mod. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any, if you have any ideas, listeners, please, uh, please go ahead and write them into personalarguments at gmail dot com. Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, I actually want to talk about a movie as well because I've been watching the trailers for this on YouTube, yep. and I officially have Hobbit fever. Oh, that uh, I think Pepto Bismol actually works for that. It's a little weird. Let's see. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, hobbit fever, <laughs> pepto-bismol. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. But, um, so, if you haven't watched the trailers yet, watch them on YouTube. They're out right now. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that don't know, obviously, The Hobbit is kind of the, kind of the prequel to Lord of the Rings, but almost more of a standalone kind of thing. Yeah. It basically tells the story of how Bilbo got the ring. Yeah. 
And um, they've decided to break it up into three parts. And from what I've heard, the first uh, the first part, uh, An Unexpected Journey, has twice as much funding as the first, the original three Lord of the Rings movies. Wow. Well, that makes At sense. Least, that's what I heard on the internet. I got it from the same website as uh, Tim from Ohio got his pickled man in a bottle, a barrel of rum story. Oh. But um, I what I'm liking about this is it does seem like it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what The Hobbit is. The Hobbit is definitely the Hobbit more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. And, and I'm loving the idea of having all these dwarves for comic relief. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the great part about The Hobbit, for those of you who haven't read it. I mean, basically, Gandalf shows up with all of these dwarves. Like, there's like 12 of them or something. There isn't seven. I think it's seven. No, that's Snow White. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyway, he shows up with a bunch of dwarves and is like, hey, we're going to go on this journey and we need you, Bilbo. And Bilbo right. breaks out of his shell, then gets a ring that could destroy the world. Yeah, It's basically. a very lighthearted book. The, my favorite part about this is and like... And then they kill a dragon. Yeah, Spoiler and then they alert. kill a dragon. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> my favorite part of this is that The Hobbit is... Like probably the book itself is probably about half the size of any of the Lord of the Rings novels. I know, right? And yet it gets three movies, and each of those books only got one. Well, after this, they're gonna remake uh-huh. the Lord of the Rings movies, and each uh, each of those movies will be three more movies. I think they should be six more movies. Six more movies. So we got eighteen more Lord of the Rings movies ahead. <laughs> Imagine the marathons. Imagine the sleep deprivation. Oh, jeez. It'd be like a Korean StarCraft party. People would die. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's awful. Uh, so what are you excited uh, about? Well, another thing. Um, I'm excited to learn more about Gandalf because it, mm-hmm. it does seem like Gandalf's going to be um, extrapolated upon a little bit more in this. Kind of his personality. He'll be a little bit younger, so maybe a little more naive instead of the super serious Gandalf the White that he became later. It's going to be like, uh, why did Gan- why does Gandalf look older, but he is younger? <laughs> it's part of the whole, um, you know, magic thing. Uh-huh. Yep, the whole magic thing. You, He's uh, basically Benjamin Button. Yeah. It, it's He's not basically, he is. He is. That's what Benjamin Button is based off of. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> But <laughs> what I like is that Gandalf is actually going to be, he's going to be the real star of all these movies. Like when you watch them mm-hmm. all together, it's not going to be Frodo and Sam uh-huh. anymore taking center stage. It's going to be the story of Gandalf. Yeah, so he's basically Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's exactly the analogy I was going to make. He is like Obi-Wan Kenobi where you learn more about him in the earlier movies that came later and he kind of ends up being the story arc that you're most interested in. Yeah, I mean Gandalf is always just really cool. And it's it's interesting because in general wizards are not that cool, just in my opinion. Uh-huh. Like, Sauron was kind of a turd. Sauron was but I'm just talking like who plays a wizard in D&D, dude? Have you ever played with anybody who's played a wizard? I've I've played a wizard. Oh, well, you have. <laughs> I like wizards. I mean, it's it sounds cool. Although I like sorcerers more. <laughs> See, what's the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer? A sorcerer doesn't have to... Uh, a, a, a sorcerer inherently knows all the spells, whereas a wizard learns them through study. Ah. A, wizard, a sorcerer's just kind of a natural talent. Oh, okay. Is a sorcerer... You get more spells, but no fewer. What? You know, you get more spells per day, but you know fewer spells total. So So a sorcerer is a specialist. Right. Right. So, so like, basically, your wizard is your general practitioner, and your uh, sorcerer is your proctologist. But then, well, no. It's more like um, your wizard is your general practitioner, and your sorcerer is... uh, a self-taught, uh, non-doctorate person. He's Doogie who... Hauser. Doogie Hauser as a podiatrist. Yes, he's Doogie Hauser. Okay. Okay. This this got out of hand. What? So what were you saying? 
Uh, I like The Hobbit. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good, yeah. But I was wondering, speaking of uh, more movies, do you think there could be a Silmarillion movie in the future? <laughs> or is oh that digging too God. deep? Oh, my God, I think that that's just a little too crazy. I think that would be great if they made a Silmarillion movie that no one actually watched because it was like totally wacky and People weird. People would have no idea that that's even a like they like even in the Hobbit they put Frodo in the Hobbit. Like right. he's at the beginning like it's somehow like Bilbo telling Frodo the story or something. Right. Uh they would have to like put like Frodo in the Silmarillion somehow. Like reading it. Yeah. <laughs> It's him reading the Silmarillion. It's him. It's him in a fever dream. He's caught Hobbit <laughs> fever, and he's dreaming the Silmarillion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, another thing I noticed mm-hmm. is it was it was the um the preview was advertising the fact that's going to be in three D. Yeah, and it's also you- being shot at uh like a, a much higher frame rate. Yeah. Than normal movies. Which is interesting because uh, a lot of th- a lot of the early feedback was that this is like a new technology that they're using. They're filming it basically like over twice the speed of a normal movie, and it's supposed huh. to give it a more lifelike appearance. But apparently, some people get really creeped out by it, and other oh, people are think we going it, down the uncanny valley here? Yeah, and other people think it looks really fake. So some people get creeped out. Some people think it looks fake. Great. And it'll be in 3D. Yeah. I, I'm going to try and watch it in 2D if I can. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'll be fun. It's being shot in 3D, so that's it. Oh, that's really? Yes. So it's made for 3D. Yes. Mm. Well, who knows? Who knows, man? I'll watch it, though. I'm super stoked on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm super stoked on it, too. You know, Coming I think... this December. Yeah, and, and like I'm really excited. Like you said, I'm really excited about the dwarves. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Because who doesn't like Gimli, dude? And like this is like a bunch of Gimli's. <laughs> it's almost like uh, it's almost like when they make a prequel and they're like, Alien was good, now we need eight of them for aliens. <laughs> exactly. But Gimli was great, now we need a bunch of Gimli's. Let's just throw in Gimli's until they're oversaturated. Mm-hmm. And half of them die at the end. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> Gimli's going to uh, Gimli's going to be hosting American Idol soon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think it's time for some trivia. What do you think? I think CeeLo Green looks like a dwarf. But yes, I think CeeLo Green should have been one of the dwarves. <laughs> the black dwarf. Oh my god, that would have been so cool. <laughs> He's like, out. I gotta tell you, it's a glory of God that I'm here. <laughs> I gotta tell, like, the voice, CeeLo Green is my favorite part of the voice. Like, uh-huh. if I was on the voice and I was an amazing singer and people, t- and all four chairs turn around, I wouldn't even think about it. There would be no suspense. I would be like, everybody shut up, I'm picking CeeLo. My favorite <laughs> part about CeeLo Green on the voice is that whenever he does an interview, he has a peak cockatiel on his shoulder. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He is. Gnarls Barkley, CeeLo Green is the greatest thing in the world. Wow. High praise. High praise. All right. I guess it's time for some trivia. Now Let's you know, do that. Now you know what I think about CeeLo Green. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to roll a six-sided die to see which uh, which version of Trivial Pursuit, which category we'll be playing this week, which is Genus 1 from the early 80s. And I rolled a 1. So we're doing geography, J-Dog. Great. All right. This question goes to you first, J- Jesse. Please play along at home. What is the wettest state in the U.S.? Um, I feel like it's Hawaii. That makes sense. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with Washington. <laughs> Hawaii, you got it. All right, great job, up one. All right, please play along at home. Here we go. This one's for me. What is the capital of Bulgaria? I'm gonna say Brezhnev. Bulgaria? I have no idea. I'm going to say Brezhnev. <laughs> it's actually Sofia. Really? Sofia Bulgaria. Uh, she was an exchange student. Yeah, I have a new name for my daughter. Sofia Bulgaria <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Perfect. Sofia Bulgaria Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, Jesse, this one's for you. You can wrap it up if you answer this correctly. What country contains the medieval seaport 
of Dubrovnik? Uh, Dubrovnik, what country? Um, the medieval seaport. I'm going to say Poland. It's got a nice coastal line. Yep. I'm going to say... I don't want to sound like a dummy here. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Latvia. Yugoslavia. Not even a country anymore. Trick question. (laughs) This is the joy of playing with early 80s games. Okay. (laughs) And this one's for me... Where is Kruger National Park? I'm going to say Kruger National Park is in California. Your son's name is Spray? Short for Spraynard. Spraynard Kruger. Uh, I'm going to say Wyoming. South Africa. Well, Jesse, you win one to nothing this week. I was geographically closer. You were geographically closer. Well, it depends. I don't know. <laughs> which way you go. Yeah, which way you go. <laughs> um, all right, Jesse. Uh, you, won, you win the trivia this week, but I won the roll-off, so I'm going to go next. Um, this has to do with a, uh, with a Reddit thread that I commented on and got some interesting feedback. So I wanted to go over it. Um, there's a Reddit thread on the board games Reddit. Uh, that was talking about oh, what's an overrated game and what's an underrated game. So every okay. yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so people had to people had to post what is an overrated <laughs> game, what is an underrated game, and uh, this one came up here. It says overrated, Settlers of Catan. I just do mm-hmm. not get what is so good about this game. Played it, had no desire to play again. Nothing. It didn't capture me at all. And uh, so I had to reply to this because... Uh-huh. How many was... downvotes did you get? Also, how many drinks in were you? I was I was no drinks in. I was on my phone on the way to work on the Ooh. shuttle. I wasn't <laughs> driving. Uh, but I posted this. It got 10, 10 upvotes. And it says, when did you get into the hobby? I think that the appeal of Settlers is it was the... F- first intro Euro game for a lot of now fervent board gamers. I know that it was the first one I played back in the early 2000s, so it will always hold a special place in my heart. Nowadays, there are so many ways to get into the hobby, but back then, there were just a few. You never forget your first. Sellers of Catan. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. I mean, this this game, Settlers broke the door down for Euro gaming in America and such great new interesting games coming about and um, I could totally understand like if you were a gamer like into the hobby within the last couple of years and uh-huh. you've played games like Agricola and Arkham Horror and uh, just you know other great board games and then you played Settlers and were like well this actually is not as great as everyone raves right. but it's it's honoring a legend yeah basically I mean you know, back in the day, so you're the one who got me to play Sellers Catan. We played the travel edition in band <laughs> class. Yeah. Can you believe that we weren't invited to any parties, Jesse? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but th- I mean, it got me hooked, like, the first time I played it. You know, sometimes you play a game and, like, you can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. The first time that ever happened to me was backyard football. As a child, uh-huh. I played that on PC and I like couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, but but uh, as the first time I played Settlers of Catan, I was like, "This game is awesome. This game is unlike any other game I've ever played, and I just want to play it over and over and over." And also back back in the day, you remember the old Wizards of the Coast store at the mall, right? Like for all you youngins out there, Wizards of the Coast used to have its own stores. Yeah, and they actually had one at the Kitsap Mall that was it awesome. Was so cool! It had the coolest statues. It had like a dwarf and a what was like a it was an elf. There was yeah, an there elf. was like a crouching elf with a bow and arrow. Yeah, and it was just like outside the store. It, it was, was so cr- cool. It was so cool. And then they went bankrupt, and then they closed all the stores. Yeah, they got bought by Hasbro. Yeah, but the only I heard there's still one out there somewhere. Oh, really? Uh huh. You think somewhere it'd be in, in Seattle. Seattle? There's one in Seattle. That's what I heard. Maybe there's one like at the Renton. Yeah, at maybe it's in Renton. Um, but but at at the Wizards of the Coast store, like you'd of course have Magic and D and D. But then they sold Settlers of Catan. They didn't sell any other board games. 
It was like sodas of Catan, and that was it. Did they? I didn't remember seeing it. There. Oh yeah, they had like a whole table full of it. Oh cool. Yeah, I I know that's where I bought my Axis and Allies Europe. Oh, I guess they had other board games. <laughs> that's the only one I remember there. But yeah, I mean, this was like you know, Axis and Allies is there too, but Axis and Allies takes so long to play. Like Sodas of Catan is a t- game that you could teach somebody in like five to ten minutes, and then they can play a full game with you and then get into it. That's the other right, thing that exactly. I, I mean, that's the other thing I like about Sellers of Catan is that sure it's a, it's a Euro style board game. It was very unique when it first broke onto the scene, but also you can teach. Like I taught my parents how to play, mm-hmm. and I've taught a lot of different people how to play that game, and everybody kind of enjoys it. It's a very social yeah. game. You get to trade and and talk, and you get to undermine people's plans and stuff. It's a very very fun game. And also, I the, the fact that, like, you can play it in, I mean, it takes 45 minutes to an hour right. to play a game. Um, a buddy of mine at work was asking about it, and I was like, yeah, you and your girlfriend should uh, play a game with me and my girlfriend. And, um, he was like, well, how long would it take? I was like, uh, like an hour. And he was like, oh, okay. Because yeah. I think he was thinking of a game like Risk, which just takes an absurd amount of time. Right. And then... It- problem with risk is that it gets unfun really quick yeah it does <laughs> like so Catan is fun and actually gets more fun as the game goes along as the suspense builds i can't believe how many people like good people mm-hmm. just love risk and like have <laughs> risk nights and stuff and it's like and and like they really enjoy it but it's like you guys don't know how good games can be right it's not fair for you because you could be having so much more fun with real games, but you're stuck playing Risk because you think that's all there is. Yeah, yeah, I'm right with you, man. Yeah, but but that's the reason for all you young. And and he wrote, he actually uh, commented me back on the thread and was like, "Yeah, I've only been doing it for a month." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then another guy was like, uh, "He he totally backed me up." He said, "I always liked board games growing up, but I played mostly Stratego, Scrabble, and Risk with my family." Catan opened up a world of new board game interest to me. I agree with your comment completely because though I now realize it's not a perfect game, I will always love Catan for that reason. Um, yeah, I think it is a perfect game, honestly. Like, yeah. it's so well contained and balanced, and like as a package, I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, I, and it, like you said, it's easy to learn, fun to play. Those yeah. are like the two ingredients that you really want in a board game if you're going to play and- with the with a wider range of people. And minimal luck, like I mean, mm-hmm. sure the dice it comes down to dice rolls, but they no, tend to it, average it themselves down, out. It comes down to placement at the beginning. Yeah, you got it. Turn one, you turn win or one. lose. Turn one. Turn one. <laughs> that is, that'll be the settlers' movie. <laughs> turn one, you win or lose. And then it'll become a Farmville mod. <laughs> No, it'll become an Agricola mod. <laughs> it'll be a mod of a different board game. Right. Settlers of Catan, the movie, the board game, Agricola mod. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. I just imagine in the uh, in the trailer, there's like this guy ringing a bell at a port, and he's like, mud on a mud port, mud on a mud port. <laughs> I got wood for sheep. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> School children in the back snicker. Wood for sheep. Dude, a Sellers of Catan movie would actually be great. If you could pull <laughs> it off and like the bandit is like the Hunt main for character. The bandito. Yeah, like the the bandit is the main character. Yeah. It's, he's a, he's an anti hero because he's a he's, barefoot bandit st- kind of guy. <laughs> he's he's the anti hero because he's trying to stop the large corporations from taking over Catan. Yeah. And mon- monopolizing. monopolizing. Yeah. The evil blue empire has monopolized the stone. <laughs> Only the barefoot bandit can liberate it for the people of Skyrim. Catan. It's a real Robin Hood esque. It's, it's Katan, not Skyrim. Caper. Uh, whatever. <laughs> We're getting way too deep on the. This is like Metamod now. We've just reached Metamod level. I'm confused. Let's just put all the games in a big cauldron and then stir them together. Yeah, that'll that'll work. Uh huh. Worked for Spider-Man Three. Um, let's, uh, so what's, what's your second topic, Jesse? Well, I want to, um, jump quickly to my favorite segment. Is it worse than a punch in the face? Oh, great. The return where I bring up, uh, some topics and Eric uh-huh. tells me whether or not it's 
uh, worse than being punched in the face. All right. So uh, the first one happened to me. Can I, the can, other I night. can I can I interject real quick? Uh huh. I happen to have firsthand experience of this now because Lydia inadvertently elbowed me in the face the other day. Oh, nice. So I I I, I feel like I can really feel the pain now. Are you sure it was inadvertent? I don't know. The jury's still out. Uh, you're going to wind up in a rum barrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. Go before I get in more trouble. So um, I was playing Halo the other night, and I get a message, you know, over Xbox Live. Ding! And I read it, and um, it reads as such. I'm recruiting for my clan, EOD. We're opening up divisions like Sniper, SWAT, Living Dead, and many more. We are looking for leaders for our divisions. If you think you're good enough, message back. Hope you reply. And I'm I'm feeling pretty good at this point. Like, uh-huh. yeah, they, they scoped me out. They saw my talent. Yeah. And then I read the end of it. It says, in parentheses, must be 11 to 16 to join. <laughs> <laughs> I got re- I got recruited for a preteen to sixteen <laughs> Halo guilds clan whatever. Did, did you have the Did you have your microphone on? <laughs> Possibly. Maybe they just heard like some ambient noise of me talking to the dog. Uh-huh. Or something. Yeah, we're having a tantrum as I do when I get killed. Yeah, but I was riding so high in this because like. I, I thought that they scoped me out. We're like, this guy's a real talent. We need him in our clan. Oh my god, this is so funny. But it's for eleven to sixteen only. Oh my lord, that is hilarious. I love the parameter too. Like seventeen year olds are too old. (laughs) Not old enough to smoke, but too old for clan EOD. Dude, that is so weird to me as well. That like, how would you feel if like you were at a clan with a bunch of eleven year olds and you were sixteen? Well, I said yes. Okay. <laughs> I got to write a book about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're infiltrating. I, I, I can see how long it takes for them to figure it out. <laughs> they will so not that... they will not know if you turn on your bike, dude. <laughs> Sadly true. <laughs> so I'll start talking about work and my my uh upcoming daughter. Yeah, by work I mean school and by my upcoming daughter I mean my science project. I mean I'm 16 and pregnant. What? 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 <laughs> you're gonna what have to tell him if you're, you're 16 and turn 17. Yeah, I know, but you're gonna have to tell him you're 14 if you want to be in this thing for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I don't like getting booted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Logan's run. Yeah, a child's gonna come over to your house and break your knees if they find out. <laughs> well, who's gonna drive them? I don't. You know, you apparently. <laughs> The 16-year-olds uh, in, the, in the clan. That's what they're for. They're the exactly. They're the driver. <laughs> uh, so is that better or worse? That's uh, hilarious. And I'm going to say that's better than a punch in the face because it's just damn uh, funny. Okay. So here's something that actually does suck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my neighbor has a hound dog uh-huh. that's outside all the time. It just barks. Barks and barks and barks. Mm-hmm. All hours of the night, early right. morning, yep. and last night, um, in the well, this morning, I guess when I was still asleep, I started having this crazy dream that my neighbor's dog was barking and my neighbor was like pouring sand over the fence, uh. and I had like this confrontation where I kept telling her like, "Get off my lawn," <laughs> and then I woke up and. The dog was barking and it was barking so loud that it woke me up, and I woke up like in a rage. Oh man! Which is weird to like ent- start your day like in a rage. Yeah, like the, this. the dog has in, has infiltrated your mind. It incepted me. It did. You've been and incepted. It, yeah, it it was crazy and weird and um just basically super annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm gonna say being incepted by it. And now is, I have to ask a question: Is this is this is it's nothing but a hound dog, right? It is nothing. Ain't nothing but a hound. It dog. ain't nothing but a. Okay. Uh, yeah. If, if a hound dog that ain't nothing but a hound dog infiltrates and incepts your mind, that is worse than a punch in the face. Okay. So uh, one more here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I've been watching football games through this uh, first row sports eu. So it's like pirated streaming football games. Uh huh. A live telecast of the NFL uh-huh. and <laughs> um. 
there it keeps giving me a bunch of pop-up ads yeah and the pop-up ads are getting really weird okay um so this is one that i have up right now it's perfect girlfriend with a question mark and it, it says china women dating oh and it gives you the rules uh-huh. Rule number one, be respectful when rejecting. Many women will message you, but you'll only have time for a few. <laughs> number two, be courteous. Our women are very aggressive to meet men like you. Ugh. If it's too much, please say so kindly. And three, and finally, have fun. Not many dating sites allow an opportunity where the women outnumber the men four to one. If you like beautiful Asian women, you'll enjoy our service. Man. Like, who falls for this? Obviously, people who use the site. I guess so. But, like, I mean, like, have you never been on the internet before? Yeah. Uh, I think I get, people who pirate. Yeah, I, I get these pop-up ads, and then I get the ones that are like, you don't have to be a perfect person to be a perfect foster dad. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> no, that's weirder. The, this, this, These pop-up ads are like shoving family on me. <laughs> Like, you just want a family, don't you, lonely football-watching dude? If you're watching pirated football games, you're probably pretty lonely. <laughs> I guess so. I just love I love the idea of, like, uh, some ad man, like, coming over. He's like, well, we've ran the numbers and the demographics on this website are lonely guys. <laughs> You've cornered the lonely guy market. I think they might say that about our podcast. <laughs> oh, no. This yes. this episode of Personal Arrogance is brought to you by lovely China women. <laughs> Warning, these women will pursue you. Warning. <laughs> Not many online dating sites give you the luxury of having four to one women to man ratio. Mm-hmm. Put on your running shoes. Put on your running shoes. <laughs> they will chase you. These are some gold diggers. <laughs> anyway, so oh, are these uh, annoying online dating pop-ups better or worse? And being punched in the face. I'm gonna say better. Okay. I mean, at least they're not. They're not. I mean, they're weird, but they're not the most. They're not the weirdest ads I've ever seen online. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What well, else? You got you anything else? It. Is that it? Oh, I got one more. I uh-huh. got time. Yeah. So uh, last night I went to a beer and food pairing. Okay. At uh at Sirens here for like a Brewers Night thing for American Brewing Company. Uh huh. And um, I've decided that beer and food pairings are basically stupid, and beer snobs have <laughs> taken over my life. Uh, I could have told you that a while ago, man. Uh, it's driving me crazy. And <laughs> I feel like, honestly, like good food is good food. Good beer is good beer. Right. And if they go put any good beer and any good food together, and it's going to be good. Yep. You don't have to talk about how this beer is good with this food because of this or that. And I feel like if we continue down this path, we're going to be to the point where you go to, like, Winter Beer Fest or something, and everyone has spittoons and spits out the beer because oh, they don't. I don't I like think... that. What? I don't like that. That's worse than a punch in the face. I know. I know. I think we need to take a stand against beer snobbery right here you heard it here first on right. the personal arrogance podcast mm-hmm. there's no such thing as beer and food pairings thank you thank you jesse thank you for coming down to earth okay <laughs> coming down to earth um i uh i think that i think that's about it i think it's time for some recos and calling it a cast what do you say I say yes. All right, cool. I just want to remind everybody how you can get in touch with us. Please uh, write us an email, personalerkins at gmail.com. Follow us at Personal Podcast. Give us a call, 360-362-0024. Can't thank Tim from Ohio enough for doing that. Uh, and you can always, always also just go over to baldmove.com and comment on us there. Or you can rate and review us on iTunes, which we love so much. Uh, we're getting some uh, great ratings, and we're going to read them on next week's show. So, uh, with that, it's time for the first reco. I'm going to recommend a movie that I saw this week that I really, really enjoyed. It's called Robot and Frank. Have you heard about this movie? I have not heard of it. It's basically about an old guy whose son is very worried about him, and he has to drive five hours each way to come visit him every week. Needless to say, this is wearing on the family. So it takes place in the near future, and he buys him a uh, a robot, mm-hmm. and it's a cute little robot, mm-hmm. and it helps him. It cooks him meals and 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 digs a garden, but it also wants to get him 
you know, active. So, so he's trying to get him to like take part in this garden, but it's not really working. And so he just decides to kind of let him choose what he wants to do. Well, it turns out this guy's an old jewel thief, but his hands aren't as nimble as they used to be. So he enlists the robot to help him with his jewel thievery. Mm-hmm. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> That's pretty great. It's a very heartwarming movie. It's only 89 minutes long. It's rated PG-13. And I loved it. So is it more of an Osimo than a Roomba? Yeah, it is. I think it's actually based off of Osimo. The best part of the movie is at the very end, they uh, they show all this footage during the uh, credits of actual robots. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, we actually are close to this. Yeah, pretty close. I think I would want a Roomba more if I was going to be a jewel thief, though. Why? Just get that thing, like, zipping along, and then, like, the Hope Diamond falls on it, and it zips back underneath the laser beams, and you're good. See, I feel like this is what... I feel like Roombas are becoming um, the the Rosie the Robot from, from the Jetsons. <laughs> like, that's just... The, that's going to be, like, the Roomba 5000 in, like, 10 years is going to be Rosie. Oh, George. <laughs> Pick your uh, racial stereotype accent. <laughs> and you're fine. Um, so, so my, my first recommendation yes. is uh, beer uh-huh. because I'm into alcohol and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Alaskan Baltic Porter or Baltic Porter by Alaskan Brewing Company is out right now. Ah. It's part of their Rough Draft series, oh, which I, like I think that. is the funniest thing ever. I think it sounds good. And um, it's a Baltic porter, so it's basically border malt and hopping with lager yeast. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not sure how, if it's aged or how, but it's got like a bourbon barrel-y kind of vanilla flavor to it. And I took I took one sip up from it and was literally like, wow. <laughs> like I said that at the bar because it was so good. Excellent. Yeah. Say that Great. again. It's a, uh, Baltic. the Baltic porter. From Alaskan Brewing Company. Excellent. I got to try that. Yeah, if you see it, definitely don't pass it up. It's great. It's not going to be around for long. Okie doke. Um, and then my uh, segmentation this week is going to be Return to Ravnica. This is the new Magic set that came out. I don't really talk a lot about Magic, but Jesse and I both played this this weekend, and it is awesome. There are some yeah, really it's a lot good of cards. Fun. Yeah. It's we a, had a really fun game. Really fun game. Like, that's one of the most fun games of Magic I've played in a long time. And you lost. Yeah, I know, but I, it was a crazy, crazy events yeah, unfolded. Just over and over. Uh, but it's a really, really fun set. If you, I wouldn't recommend it for new Magic players, but if you've played Magic before and maybe you kind of left it by the wayside and you're looking to get back into it, Return to Ravnica is a set you want to start on. I mean, it is a really, really fun set. Yeah, this is going to be a great block. Act, the, uh, the game store here is starting League Play, which I don't know if... Well, it's on. It's starting on Friday, mm-hmm. to, which is when this is released. Right. So it's starting tonight. I don't know if I'm gonna start this right. block, but mm-hmm. there'll be another block in three months, and I think I'm gonna start doing league play then. Cool. And then uh, just bring my baby with me and give uh-huh. Tasha, because it's like a weekly thing. Uh-huh. Give Tasha the night off when I go take my daughter and play magic cards. Excellent. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I I, I love Return to Ravnica. And I feel like there's a lot of cards in this set that are going to have an impact on Magic for a long time. Yeah. It's a looking forward to the rest of the block. Yeah. Jesse, what's your so, recommendation? For my recommendation, I can't believe I, I came I didn't even mean to do this. I came on so came down so hard on beer and food pairings, and I'm actually gonna go ahead and recommend first a beer and now a food. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they don't necessarily complement each other at all. Okay. Um Garlic chicken pizza from Papa Murphy's. Uh-huh. That was my dinner tonight. Do it. It's so good. Delicious. So good. Best $16 on a family-sized pizza you'll ever spend. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, Personal Arguments for this week. We'd like to thank you for joining us and letting us pour another hour of sound into those delicate little eardrums. And, uh, that was weird. It was super weird. And I'd like to uh, apologize. <laughs> and I'd like to encourage you... To join us next week when we release on time and in our prime all the time. Wow. Anyway, I guess it's time to wrap this thing up. So wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay Stay arrogant. arrogant.